It's another edition of Talk of Champions. He's Tyler Watson. We're going to talk a little bit about Alabama on the road to Mississippi State after a win over another Mississippi school, Ole Miss, this past week. Just give me an overview real quick. First of all, good call last week. We swapped seats. You said it's going to get Alabama back in the winning ways. Here know. we are. Want to know. Got Rolling. the juices going. Rolling, man. We're in the lucky seats this week. Give me a 30-second, an elevator answer, and just what you thought of Alabama's performance in its totality, and then we'll break it down. This is a second-half team. Has been all year. You can really identify it as such now. Play a lot better there in the, in the third and fourth periods. Much cleaner. They're more explosive on the offensive side. That's my takeaway. And defensively, they're playing good all four quarters. Yeah, well, let's start on the defensive side of the ball, and we'll do that because we've been worried about quarterback for so long. So let's flip the script. We'll start with the defense. The Talk of Champions brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie.ag is the website. This week only. And don't go to their website because you only get it watching programming up here with the next round and disrupt the media. You get 110% match on your deposit. 110% match on your deposit this week only. MyBookie.ag. But you have to use our promo code next round. That's our promo code next round. It's an exclusive. You throw in $50. You do the math. 110% match there all the way up to $1,000. That's with our friends at mybookie.ag, promo code next round. Key stat for me always is third down conversions. And Lane and Ole Miss with three of 14 on third down conversions. They weren't any better on fourth down. It was a great defensive day, especially on those important downs. We talked about the importance of Ole Miss being able to run the football in last week's on Thursday's show. And they could, not, they could not establish the running game. That was key for this Alabama defense, to take away that threat of Judkins being able to run between the tackles because everything is predicated on their ability to, gout, to get, gouge you up the middle, and then they, they throw off of that. So when you make them one-dimensional, they, they're, they're not as explosive. And, and we talked about this also, that this Texas wide receiver core is probably the best that Alabama is going to see all year long, and it has shown every single week. Opposing receivers cannot create separation against this Alabama secondary. And so then you're just relegated to, you know, a bunch of mismatch uh, trying to get people lost, which is what they were able to do in the first quarter. But then after that, Alabama kind of got a hold of that. It took everything away because there's no separation. You got the 50-50 ball, and that's about it. Yeah, I, I would tell you that for three quarters, even the Texas receivers were having trouble getting away from the secondary. So the defense is playing really well in this game, though, particularly. I thought the defensive tackles and the defensive linemen were old-school Jonathan Allen and company disruptive up there. Yeah, Tim Smith is a guy that I've really enjoyed watching over the last couple of weeks. It's like the light bulb is finally going off for him, and he's able to, to mix some things up. Uh, having Otis back definitely did not hurt as well. So you got some guys that are really doing a nice job across the defensive front. Plus, you, you mix in Dallas Turner. Uh, Blackshire gets an opportunity every once in a while, and obviously Braswell is playing really well. Uh, from the other defensive end position. So they've got a good rotation going. They've got to keep those guys healthy because they're going to need them throughout the, you know, especially this next three, four weeks stretch. Do you think Lane's a good play, play caller? Yeah, I think he's probably the – he is. And you saw that in the first quarter with his ability to bunch people up, go formations into boundaries, different, you know, unique, odd looks that defenses really don't see a whole lot. And he's good at getting guys lost in space. And we saw the tight end kind of get left all alone across the, the middle. We saw some wide receivers kind of release late and get open deep downfield. But the protection was there as well. But Alabama did a much better job of kind of just recognizing what was going on. And as the game progressed, those looks went away. And it was just, you know, mano a mano, so to speak. And they could not create separation. Now, I 
I'm not setting you up, but I asked you that question, and this is a big takeaway point if you want to go tell your friends about this when you get by the water cooler. But Steve Sarkeesian, I think, is the best play caller in college football right now. And Lane Kiffin is on that tier to me. So Alabama's played both of those guys, and except for one bad quarter, the fourth quarter against Texas, they've looked elite defensively. I don't think they will face a play caller that will stress the things they do more the rest of the year, mainly because those two guys were in the building for so long, and they know exactly what stresses Nick Saban's thinking on defense. I think the sky's the limit for this defense the rest of the way. You can throw LSU in there. You can throw this week Mississippi State. You can throw Tennessee in there, any of them. I think Alabama's faces two biggest stresses okay. on, on opposing offense. That's fair, but I will counter that simply by saying I still think in LSU and maybe one other unknown team right now, you're probably going to see similar talented, at least better talent than what Ole Miss provided on the field on Saturday. I think Texas was kind of the cream of the crop right now, but I think LSU brings a super different dynamic when you throw the quarterback's ability to run the ball in there as well. And they got some weapons on the edge that are, may not be quite as good as Texas, but they're coming on and they potentially could be by the time November rolls around. Uh, the, the physical play, there were a couple of moments in this game. Like when Dart scored to start with and he started taunting the crowd, I was like, oh, it's going to be a long day. And then you block the punt, which I thought was amazing. And then you line up at the one and a half out of the freaking shotgun. And, and I know you get a check from Alabama, so I won't put you on the spot. But Probably wasn't the right call. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know why you're not under center there. I, I assume they practice it because they did it in the second Yeah, I don't half. know if it's a hygiene thing or, yeah. you know, we're scared of germs or what <laughs> now, but you never see a quarterback go up underneath center anymore. Yeah, and the Eagles have designed the perfect way to do it. But that being said, 7-6 at the half, and I thought to myself, oh, you know, you've got to do something to just wait. I mean, the crowd went I just got to to wake it up get some special team hits, some big hits on the defensive side of the football. Jace is lowering his head. And People you know, are fighting for the ball. It seemed like when they came out of the locker room, they had the mindset to be a lot more physical. And let me back you up just a hair of even something that went through my mind. I, I started saying, do we potentially see a cha- another change at quarterback? Because not from stamp. I mean, Things are kind of just slopping along. There's nothing really seems to be in rhythm. Yeah, we, bad we, interception we, in the end zone again. Yeah, interception. You can't throw. You just can't throw an interception. I don't care what the coverage is. You've got to be super careful with with the football, especially in a situation like that. So I kept thinking to myself, Oh Lord, if we go through another quarterback change, what is that going to do for the remainder of the year? But hey, to Jalen Milrose, you know, he played outstanding in the second half. He really took things over. Started running the ball more. Had a couple of deep threats that he was able to deliver strikes on. Got the crowd going. And, and right now, I think that's the biggest thing that this Alabama team needs is emotion, especially on the offensive side. Hopefully, they point that out to him in film study and go, hey, four, this is who we need you to be all year long yep. because those guys around you, they need it. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that. Tell us about the Watts agency real quick. That's your full-time job. Yeah, it, we, I'm an independent insurance agent Monday through Friday. Phone number is 205-822-5477. We have people standing by. We'd love an opportunity to talk to you. I know we talk about it every week, but it's uh, inflationary. Things are constantly, things are getting more expensive. you got to line item everything. Where can you, without sacrificing coverage, where can you save money? And it potentially could be with us. Please give us a call. Um, 18 points in 14 minutes on the game clock. That's a pretty good run there for Alabama. They scored on three straight possessions. Talking what you talked about, so you're in the locker room. You know you know the game's not going the way it was schemed up when it was 7-6 in the locker room. He probably went to the locker room thinking to himself, 
I wonder if they're going to pull me. I wonder if they're going to give uh, Otai Simpson a shot here in the third quarter. And I'm sure they got in the locker room. They started scheming it up with him, talking to him, never mentioned Ty Simpson. They go out there, and it seemed like he finally went out there and said, they're not going to pull me out of this game. It's my job for real now. It, it looked that way, didn't it? it? It did, and they needed to be his job. I mean, they, you, you have to solidify around one person because you cannot create identity as an offensive unit unless you know who, what pieces you're having to play with. Um, he brings a lot to the table, and I think that if he will play within himself – be willing to run the ball, be willing just to not throw incomplete passes, definitely not interceptions, just pick up two or three yards. I even made a comment during one of the games where he didn't force a pass, he ran for like two yards. I was like, best decision he's made to this point. That's right. Uh, that there's nothing wrong with doing that right there. And if he can do that, they can build things around the pieces that they have on that side of the ball and become pretty doggone good. Yeah. I don't think that they're lacking anything that LSU doesn't have. I mean, you might not have one of those difference makers at the wide receiver position right now, but there's plenty of other things that you can do really well that puts a lot of strain and pressure on the defense. Yeah, uh, to your point, to tuck it and get even back to the line of scrimmage or two yards or three yards Live is, for better, the next down. is better than scrambling around and then running towards the sidelines, not throwing it, and running out of bounds with a six-yard loss. For a six, seven-yard loss, Yeah, 100%. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. even if it's... You know, not, he, and if he, it's not negative, it's a positive right now. So Jalen Hurts used to drive me nuts watching him play, and he's a heck of a lot better football player than me or you were. But remember, he'd read, 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 and then he would bounce to the right. It was always to the right, and you knew if he broke containment and went to the right, he was going to run all the way to the sideline and toss the ball out of bounds. He still does it. Yeah. He still does it. Hey, you know and what that like, is? And you're like, it drives you nuts. But you know what he does? He goes back to the line of scrimmage the very next play and has an opportunity for a manageable down and distance as a result of that. That's right. He plays within himself and within what is being asked of him. He doesn't try to to be a hero. And he probably misses a couple opportunities for big plays. But at the same time, he doesn't kill you. Yep. That's right. By the rules of the game, you know, the defense has done everything right. But by the rules of the game, I can get out of the box, head towards the sidelines, and if nothing opens up, I can make it look like I'm throwing to the receiver, throw it past the yard marker, and we're all good. We can live to play another day. He did so many things well, and I want you to tell our viewers and listeners, okay, you're sitting in the pocket, and you got a deep ball coming, and you know as you're getting right here, you're going to get doubled over. Can we please demonstrate this? They're gonna, I'll be the defender. No, you no, be the quarterback, be the, and we'll go live. No, no. I got a helmet right here. Let's do no, it. No, 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 no. I, I would break in half because he's huge, and he almost broke in half. But he kept his form, and he folded up almost like it was one of those toy, toy players used to have an electric football. He threw it like this, but it was a perfect throw to hell who makes the great 33-yard catch. But he knew he was going to take the hit, and it was the best moment of Jalen Milrow's life so far. It was, and sometimes as a quarterback, you know that pressure's coming. You just have to stand and step into it and deliver it anyway because the reward is a whole lot better than what you're about to experience. The pain went away. He was down and out. We thought that, honestly, we thought he was injured. And then he gets up, and you find out it's just the, the, the breath knocked at him, which very understandable that that, that, that happens. <laughs> and that's not comfortable. And, and where does hell come from? I mean, we're starting to see more and more wide receivers also rotate in as they're looking for answers. Of My opinion is just, hey, who's going to get out here and do run the right route, be on the same page with what we're asking you to, and give us some effort? And hell's and doing that. get after it. Hell made two good it. catches. That was a, he went and got the ball. Yeah. It was a high point. He went and got it. Came down, went limp, came down for the t- for the touchdown. But, I mean, Jermaine Burton gets beat up a little bit um, by some of the fans out there. But he's balling this year. He's not getting as many opportunities as they had in the past. That adjustment and the catch he made, come on. 
Ball was intended to go over his outside shoulder. He, he turned back to the inside and then adjusted once more to the outside. Extremely difficult. And doing all that while maintaining your speed and not slowing down. Yep. That was one of the better catches that he's and, had all season. And he had to slide to he, catch it. He has so much talent inside of him. Yep. So much talent. And he could be that difference maker. Yeah. Could be. Talk to me about those the tight ends too. I mean the catches they're making. All right, we, are we not mentioned easy, this right. Yeah. Are not easy catches. So I go down to practice last week and yeah, they're they're starting to rotate two and three tight ends on the field at the same time. It's something that you're probably going to see more and more throughout the course of the season, based on personnel groupings and and the defense that they're going against. It's their probably their best personnel. Uh, unit that's out there because they're physical. They can all spread out. They still have the, the threats of the pass with Nyblak. Um, we, we've seen every single one of them go out into pass routes. Robbie Utes had a good catch. CJ Dupree had a good catch. So all of them are capable of doing a good job at the line of scrimmage. They help in protection, help in the running game, but are also threats. And it's the best grouping that they have. And you're going to see more and more of that. I yeah. Think. So that's a, that's the winner roll miss. Now off to Starkville, where Alabama's been pretty successful over the years. Uh, our trip to start will be brought to you by our friends at Roback, Roback.com. Use the promo code TNR20, TNR20 right there. That gets you 20% off your first purchase. Great gear. Got a little golf shirt on from Roback today. Wonderful hoodies as well as the weather cools down. Roback.com, promo code TNR20. Uh, I got it written down here. 21-4 and all-time in Starkville. 15 straight wins in Starkville for Alabama as they go over there. Um, cowbells, it's loud. It's a, it's a, it's really a great it's a tough home, environment. home field advantage. Yeah. When you go on the road, how do you take out a home crowd? Do you run the ball? Do you score early? You better play well in the first quarter. Yeah, you're right. Something that this Alabama football team hadn't necessarily done a lot of. But, yeah, they need to play well in the first half to try to, to, to keep the fans out of it. You know, they were heartbroken last week versus South Carolina. They were absolutely embarrassed versus LSU the week before. But this fan base at an 8 o'clock kickoff, 8 o'clock is kind of iffy on who's going to hang around because that's late for everybody. No, it's Stark Vegas. But Nobody those, sleeps in Stark Vegas. But those that are there, will be, they'll be ready to roll. Yeah. And, and it's, it is a very difficult environment. People don't understand how annoying that cowbell is. Uh, it'll make you hate that, hate that SNL skit more than anything else. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm you, more worried about the Alabama fans. You have to play. What, what's wrong? Traveling over. Traveling over. I don't know if we'll have our usual contingency on the road for an eight o'clock road game. It's yeah, a challenge. You'll kick. You'll you'll pick up all the Mississippi people, Alabama, the, fans. Alabama fans. So okay, it'll be fine. We're gonna be all right. <laughs> it don't matter how many you start with. It's how many is remaining in the stadium that are pulling for you at the end of the game. That's right. Tell me about Will Rogers, their quarterback, because and you've had to do this a couple of times in your career, um, going through a, a, a schematic change and one as drastic as the one he did from Mike Leach's system now to a pro-style system. He threw for over 400 yards last week against South Carolina. You think finally a light bulb went off with that offense? I was watching the Arizona game last night, and if I heard it once, I heard it 500 times during that broadcast. His dad was his high school coach, and he's always run the air raid offense. So this is completely different for him, completely different. But he's adjusted well. I mean, what's so difficult about catching the ball and handing it off? There's really nothing. Um, but you could tell last week he was more in his comfort zone on the play action, throwing the ball downfield, really spreading it out. And he's got a couple of, of pretty good threats that are still remaining around on the perimeter that do a good job. But they need to be able to incorporate the run more than what they have in years past because they had no luck, no success versus Alabama. You think about it under Mike Leach. 
I, what they score one time? Yeah, I don't think one possession, one touchdown at the garbage time of last, last year's game. That was it. That's it. Only touchdown Mike Leach had against Nick Saban, Alabama. So you keep everything in front of you, and it just frustrates the dog out of them. But they looked a lot better last week in that shootout at South Carolina. You got to take everything with a grain of salt of who your competition is. But they have some weapons still. Uh, they've got, and one of those is Tulu on the edge, mm-hmm. Tulu Griffin. Um, tell me about Alabama, how they approach when you have one superstar standout wide receiver. We may, you know, talk about neighbors later on when Alabama plays LSU. Um, oh, we'll talk about him. Yeah, but when you when you've got one guy that you've really got to be a focus of, do they do they move Kool Aid around with a guy, or do they do they keep their same side? Do they adjust depending on where a superstar player lines up, or does the you Alabama? See, I, I think initially. You'll probably see everybody stay on their own side. Right. Let, let's let's match up. Let's bracket. Let's make sure that he's not going to get behind us. That's really where he hurt South Carolina last year. South Carolina would roll a safety. They go to single. They would lose where he was, and he was able to get behind them. So you always have to know where he is and make sure that you're keeping tabs on him and staying deeper than what he is because he's fast. Yeah. Two fifty six last week against South he, Carolina. He's really fast. Yeah. But he's just as much of a threat as if you back off of him and you give him a ten yard cushion of running an eight yard hook. And being able to turn it into a 20 or 30 yard game because he's just so explosive with that first step, kind of like a basketball guy. He can make good things happen when he's in space. So, yeah, you start off by everybody playing their position. Let's see how good he is, how we match up versus him. And then as the game progresses, maybe at that point you do start, you know, trailing him across the field and really matching up man to man. It seems like Terrion Arnold had a really good game last week. Much better, much better. He was physical at the line of scrimmage, he played that little little stop pass or whatever they call it where they swing it out real quick. He was so physical fighting off the block and getting upfield to make the tackle for behind the line of scrimmage or even no gain, but did a much better job of jamming at the line of scrimmage and not letting people behind him. You know, he, he's real good at 10 yards in, but he where he struggles is sometimes when he has to flip his hips, he loses his step, and that's where he gets in trouble. And then but he's he chasing the whole play. Yeah. yeah, and then he's, and then he's grabbing because yeah. he doesn't want to give up a touchdown, which, which is understandable. Much better job, though, of keeping everything in front of him last week. And when he did flip those hips, he stayed in their pocket. Yeah, and listen, we could talk about Kool-Aid every week. And at some point, they stopped throwing at Kool-Aid, so it may not be in as many plays. Malachi Moore had another good game last week. So many times he would start off deep, come up. He was around the line of scrimmage. He would redirect uh, run plays back inside. He didn't get a lot of tackles necessarily, but had such an impact on the outcome of the play of just being in position and understanding what he what he was supposed to do. And then on the last play of the game, he starts 12 yards deep, he times up the snap perfect, and he's the one that got home to dart to force the incomplete pass to end the game. So huge asset. You know, and after that first week when he sprains his ankle, everybody's scratching their head going, golly, we really need him in here. Not only need him in here, but we need him in here at 100%. He's really played well the last couple of weeks. You know, I'm interested because you've been around some struggling offenses in your time at quarterback. Um, when, a, when an offense – Clicks. I'm not gonna freaking, you know, take your bait every time. <laughs> when when you when when the offense occasionally is offensively challenged, and then they click and get some offensive production, the defense has been just so good. Uh, is there is there a little enthusiasm from the defensive guys? Like finally, you guys are you're meeting your expectations. It's gonna make it better for everybody. I mean, it did seem like the defensive guys were the offense's biggest cheerleader there in the second half. Man, I've I've, I've been. Uh... I've been in a locker room where just about every scenario plays out, and everybody else who's played the game probably has too, to where sometimes you're on a team where there's tension between the two units of, hey, we're, we're tired of holding your water. Why don't yeah. you all score some points? We're tired of 
losing and only giving up 150 yards and 10 <laughs> points. And, right. You know, imagine what the 92 teams, well, they didn't want to worry about it, but those teams around that That's area. right. That's right. And then you have other ones who are, well, it doesn't really matter if you score. I mean, when we first got there with Franchione, we would be get rolling up 450, 500 yards of offense and scoring 20, 30 points, but still get beat. And then it was sometimes of, well, it doesn't really matter because, you know, whatever. Anyway, yeah. where, where there was dissension between the two units. Um, I got a feeling that's not really the tone down there. I think everyone just focuses on doing their job. Yeah. Uh, how cliche is that? It's, it's boring, I know, but you, you know that it's there. It's just got to come around. And when you're winning, you still have everything in front of you. Right. You still have an opportunity to win championships and stuff. There is no reason to naysay. You're always concerned that once you start getting two and three losses under your belt. Well, I want to ask you about something Joel Klatt said on our show this week on the next round. Um, the show being brought to you, Talk of Champions, here by our friends at Lance'sLock.com. Lance'sLock.com. Go there, get your plays. You can get single day. You can get weekends. You can get monthly. You can get annually. It's Lance'sLock.com. Also by our friends at the Watts Agency. Tell us again about the Watts Agency. Tyler Watts Insurance. We are here to help out with all your home and auto needs. Please give us a call or go to our website. Our website is TylerWattsInsurance.com. And our phone number is 205 822 5477. Very trustworthy guy, even though his eyebrows move up and down when he says Watts Agency. Still a trustworthy guy, the guy you want for your insurance. Um, Joel Clapp, Fox Sports Analyst, on our show this week said after watching Alabama's tape, he believes this team will settle into that identity that you saw in the second half and be very comfortable. He says he will not be surprised if it's Alabama in Atlanta using that identity through the West to play Georgia for the SEC championship and a shot at the playoff. Did you feel like it was a team finally finding its identity last week? Hopefully it's players finally feeling comfortable with who they are. I think that's what's key. Um, you look around the rest of the conference, everyone's still trying to figure it out. I honestly believe. I think that there's a lot of uncertainty on offensive units of, of who they want to be. Outside of maybe LSU, I think they have things clicking right now because it's a carryover from last year. Right. But everyone else is trying to figure it out. Ole Miss is going through challenges with personnel groupings, and you know you got all these transfers. Uh, Texas A&M now they got a quarterback change. Auburn's got all kinds of, of problems and issues as well. They're trying to work through. So it, it's it's across the board. Um, but I think that this team is has always been capable. It's just amazing how we as fans and whomever are so. Worst team ever, best team ever. And there is no in-between, which is really where this football club has been the whole time, trying to get better. Yeah. So Mississippi State, this trip over there this week, they got a capable running back, capable quarterback, capable wide receiver. Uh, but then Alabama takes a uh, offensive line that seemed to have improved a little bit last week. And getting Tyler Booker back, how imp- he's the SEC offensive lineman of the week. Well, having Booker back on the line, wasn't there at South Florida? What did that mean for the team? It, it just helps solidify the confidence, I think, on the left side there, and a, a little bit more of downhill. Let's get after it. You got J.C. Latham on the right side, who's the energy, and that's what I think that Jalen Milrow needs to feed off and make sure that he's bringing that same energy because I think they can feed off of one another. Um, but they did some other things schematically to kind of help out, stayed out of obvious passing situations, which is really key to all of it. When you're successful on first and second down, you're staying ahead of the chains, they can't tee off and just get after you. And you're also seeing a little bit of Elijah Pritchett come in as well at left tackle and get some opportunities to just to mix things up and see how he performs. So 
they've got things cooking. You know, you need to get better on the snaps, more consistent, make sure we're not snapping it early or well, too hot. I was going to ask you what. Don't know what the deal is. Yeah, I mean, because the first time I, I, when I was on the coach's show, it was after the Texas loss before he went to South Florida, and he said it doesn't, it doesn't happen ever in practice. But you see, it, you see it popping up in games. Is it? Does it happen when you're trying to get not, your block so quick? I, I, here's the problem: it's not how how fast or where the position is of the ball when it's snapped back. You can catch this, right? It's the fact that he's snapping it before the play is in motion, before right. he's supposed to, and that's where you get problems because quarterback ain't anticipating it. Right. That's where the issue is. So, I don't know if it's a communication thing. I don't know if he's hearing something. I don't know what's going on either. But, yeah, you can't get, especially inside the red zone, and have those type of issues. That that costs you seven points. Yeah. Well, t- tell me, let us in on the inside. Uh, is it illegal when the other guys are simulating a snap? I know that much rule is, for yeah, it, but it, it happens a lot, doesn't it? It probably does. But yeah. it doesn't when you get up underneath center. It doesn't? No. They can't, they can't, they can't be going, yeah. Omaha, or whatever you well, guys do. They can say whatever they want to, but, you know, the center is going to fill you. Oh, you, you tap it. Well, you could tap him. You, well, not like that. But you, could, you can do a couple other things. Forrester will be blowing that out That's here right. today. <laughs> I'm always good for one. That's fantastic. It's just less less problems with communication when you're that close. Yeah. Okay, take me back. Um, let's go back in time real quick. By the way, uh, mybookie.ag, mybookie.ag brings you uh, this every week. Mybookie.ag, promo code next round, 110% deposit. It'll match Whatever you deposit, 110%, right? So 100 to $110 in there. And you know how 110% works. Get that deposit. It's an exclusive deal with us all week long. MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag promo code next round. Take me back in time, back to when you played the game. What was your favorite part of practice? Was there one part of practice you loved? I mean, was it a practice? I mean, practice is, you guys, I don't know if you know the set or not. I think you guys spend... 4,000 hours a year, either in training, in uh, film study, or actually at practice. So that's not based on a 20-hour no, rule? to play 40 hours of a season wow. of game time. So you spend... That's why it always blows my mind when someone is even 60 or 70% that they don't give it a go. Yeah. Because you have invested a ton of time for 12 to 13 opportunities to get out there and so play. So mind-boggling, you spend so many hours yeah. getting ready for so little actual playing time. So you had to find some joy in practice. Was there anything in practice you liked? Did you like practice? You like getting better. You know that you have to. I think some guys, no, I don't think anybody enjoys the practice when it's hot and you're tired and whatever, or even if it was cold and you're tired. Um, it is a lot of time out there, but... So right now, it's, if I gave you a wish, you wouldn't, and, and I said you could. You I'd know, take you, my 22-year-old body. No, would you take your 22-year-old body and go back to practice? Well, now, sure I would. You wouldn't want to go back and go through one no, more practice? No, it was fun. It was fun. But I tell everybody, and I think most, most athletes will tell you this, the time on the field is, is the work part of it. You, you love the game, so you do it. Okay. But it's the cutting up in the huddle, cutting up in the locker room, at the dining hall, that's the fun, fun part. The camaraderie. The camaraderie, yeah. yeah. And being a part of a team. And people who have never been a part of a team don't understand this, but when you get that close and you're all pulling the same direction, right. I mean, it's fun. It's fun, and, you, and it's regimented. You like the pace of which you know what to expect. I loved all that part of it, and I didn't mind the practice. Yeah. I was also very fearful of what happens if you're not working 
well, then you're not going to get an opportunity to play, and I really wanted to play. And, you know, it comes with age. But I find myself, you know, now walking in the golf course. I play golf in the afternoons, right? So the sun is setting usually when I'm finishing 18. And I'll find myself walking on 16, 17, and 18, and the sky is a certain color. There's a breeze, whether it's hot or a cold breeze or whatever. And I find myself appreciating more. When I'm sure. there at the Texas-Alabama game and I'm pregame on the sidelines, I look around because I don't know how many more of those I'm going to have. No, you don't. And uh, I, I find myself taking a moment just to appreciate that moment. And I just wondered, as a 20-year-old, 21, 22-year-old, do you ever take a moment in practice when you were Not bust practice, your balls to play to where you sit there and you're, you're you know, waiting there getting a little swig of water before you continue to practice? I probably told you this story. I'm a redshirt freshman, and I'm sitting there. I mean, it's like... Dallas North 40. We had them old, you know, <laughs> yeah. the horse trough, yeah. ice bucket, things that you would have to, you know, ice in with a trolling motor or something on <laughs> attached to it. I swear that's what it was. Yeah. And I'm sitting there icing an ankle or an Achilles or something, and Cornelius Griffin's doing the same thing, and he's massive. He's a big defensive lineman, great guy. We're sitting there sharing, and he tells me, I'm a redshirt freshman now. He's a senior. He's like, man, just eat this up. Enjoy every day of it. And, and he was right. Now, all I could think of as a freshman is, Man, I got four more years of this. How am I ever going to make it through? It's never going to end. It's never going to end, right? But then your senior year, I think some guys do slow down, especially the ones that realize, you know, maybe this is all I've either wanted to do or I realize that the, it, the road is coming to an end. And I definitely took in the last several weeks of last time I'm going to do this. I need to enjoy that. I need to walk off the field and soak this up. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm emotional like you. Yeah, you don't, you don't play that on TV, though. You try to be hard-ass. What are you talking about? You don't ever act emotion. I'm the weepy one. You're well, always... I, just because I don't cry doesn't mean I don't appreciate yeah. and soak things in sometimes. But it took, it took seven minutes of me baiting a good memory of practice out for you. Well, you But you tied it with practice. That was the wrong carrot to dangle, my friend. <laughs> you would go back. I promise What's you. What's your favorite I... part of mowing the grass in August? <laughs> no, I promise you. If I gave you a wish and it was either not to or the ability to I go back and practice one more time, you'd go practice. I would 100% do it, and I guarantee you everybody else would. That's my point. That's my point. My goodness. To be able to yeah. practice yeah. for an hour in the heat would be amazing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's six. Yeah. That's a 16-play drive to kick a freaking field goal is what we just did to finally get that answer. We got the win, though, baby. Appreciate that. Lanceslock.com, rowback.com, TNR20. And don't forget mybookie.ag, promo code next round for that 110% deposit bonus. And our friends at the Watts Agency, tell us about the Watts Agency. We got guys standing around right now that love an opportunity to talk to you. Your auto and your homeowner insurance is going up, and it's going up significantly. Give us a call, see if we can help you out, because we will be able to help you out. 205-822-5477. Try to keep this guy awake in Starkville this week. Bama and Mississippi State in Stark Vegas. Thank you for watching Talking Champions.